Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lavender Water Podcast. This is your host, Matthew Williams, and today I am being joined for the third time by my good friend, William Conklin. Everybody give it up. Yo, 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 woo, 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 woo. What's going on? What's going on, fam? Grinding. A lot of grinding, man. Just, uh... Doing the entrepreneur thing, uh, designing, staying busy, uh, staying consistent, uh, trying to stay level-headed. How about yourself? Man, all that, that all sounds about uh, right up my alley, you know, just working, trying to stay, uh, you know, stay afloat and do my thing. Yes, sir. So on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, um, I reached out to William to talk about uh, a, a very touchy subject. Um, so recently I uh, did an episode with my real brother, and uh, I mentioned that our mother had passed away on it, and uh, we gave her a brief moment of silence. But uh, that episode was mainly focused on his journey of uh being born premature and what life is like and his mentality, you know, after that. And uh, I didn't didn't want to change the subject, you know, too much from the intended course, uh, but I wanted to give space for uh, subjects of losing parents and what life is like after. Yeah, um, I mean, just like you said, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, one of those touchy, touchy subjects, especially for, you know, anyone who's actually, you know, gone through, you know, the unfortunate pain of having to lose someone as close as your mom. Um, and obviously, you know, everyone's relationship with their parents are different, but, you know, I could truly say that, you know, losing any parent on any degree, you know, no matter what the relationship, can, sure, surely can't be easy. Yeah. Um, There's never a right time. No, there's never a right time, um, you know, and being, you know, someone who, you know, myself, I would consider, you know, losing my mom pretty early at a pretty, you know, young age. Um, you know, so, you know, again, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, death doesn't have a specific number, whether you're the, the one passing or whether you're the one grieving, you know, so it's just one of those things where, you know, hopefully you're just blessed to live longer than, than not and enjoy those times for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, and I know we're really close. Um, so forgive me personally uh, for not knowing, but I didn't know your your mom had passed away. Oh yeah, uh, the at, in February 2021, uh, it was it was pretty abrupt. Um, she was making changes in her life because uh, there's like a a good point in time where uh, depression was just getting the best of her. Um, it was very difficult to try to help her and talk to her, communicate with her because of the condition. Um, 
I left Ohio in 2018. Um, when I left, and it's it's kind of weird because the two times I've left for Georgia to uh, live with my dad, uh, we would always end on like a bad way and then later patch it up. Um, so it's like what I've noticed in my lifetime, at least me specifically with who I am, I don't recommend this for everybody, but uh, psychedelics really helped me uh, actually talk mm-hmm. to my parents. Like, wow. uh, it's just that level of vulnerability and being open. Uh, I, I just feel like in that zone, they really can see me for who I am instead of who they mm-hmm. want me to be. Yeah. Wow, man. And my and, and my condolences too. You know, I know. Uh, you know, I when you lose a parent, it's not like uh, your first, you know, topic of conversation. Even when you're close with people. You yeah. Know? So I know it's I know it's not like something we would just necessarily bring up or just drop on one another, especially when you're catching up and you're having a good time. You know, a lot of times, you know. I know that feeling of not wanting to kill a mood by, you know, mentioning, oh, by the way, you know, my mother passed, you know, that's not necessarily a, a easy conversation drifter. Um, but yeah, man, I, I truly, truly send my condolences and my love to you and your family and all that stuff, man, because, you know, like I said, I know it's not easy. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. I know I lost, I lost my mom to the battle of cancer, um, where she battled cancer for seven years. Um, but she passed away in 2016. So this will actually be her, her six years of passing, uh, coming up in this October of the 28th of this year. Hmm. I should, I should, I should rearrange this one so that it lands on the 28th. I actually did one today, uh, that is landing on the 28th, but I I might just got to move him because of the significance of this one. Oh, man, that would be beautiful. Absolutely. That would be super beautiful. Um, so I'll actually be looking forward to recapping back on that on the 28th. That will be a, a nice little gym to, to go back to for sure. Yes, sir. Um, man, so let me ask you, um, you know, just in your personal experience, how do you feel, you know, the passing of your mother impacted your life? Um, it, it at first was like, it's like something that you have in the back of your mind that's going to happen. You just don't know when, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in sometimes yeah. the cases, you go before they go, you know, uh, but it's like, you know, usually the, the scenario is you're going to experience the loss. And uh, it's something she tried to, like, prep me for years ago. Like, you know, in the event that I die, you know, the, like, last wishes and stuff like that, uh, how she wanted to, uh, basically, she wanted to be cremated and not buried. Um, so that was granted. Uh, it's like, uh, at, at first, it was, like, instant tears, followed by repression, followed by... Uh, just keeping to myself, drinking a lot, uh, really like indulging all the things I like, just doing everything. 
uh, like previous podcast episode, I was talking about uh, some of the things I was doing to cope with it. Like I bought a gun uh, just because like, it's a thing to do in Georgia, uh, try to, you know, get a new hobby and take my mind off of it. But like the gun was like super faulty, so I never really got into it. Um, mm. Listening to like all the music that she uh, had me growing up on, uh, really listening to what these lyrics were saying for the first time in my life. Um, it's, it's like, it It didn't really hit me at first that it was like, yo, I'll never be able to communicate with her again until, you know, I go. Um, it's That's like, still something I just, uh, just with. It's like, uh, like seeing funny memes that I know that she'll find funny or little videos. It's like, dang, I just cannot show this to her, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, learning to live with it. And, uh, you know, it's, everyone's going to, going to be how they're going to be. So it's like, you know, there's, I, I don't look at it like there's one day I'm going to completely be over it. Cause it's like, you know, this is the person that looked out for me, took care of me when nobody else was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So definitely just, it's, it's an impact, you know, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. Like that first night, uh, my dad gave me like this big ass bottle of Hennessy, and I drank like over half of it. Threw it up everywhere outside. Uh, <laughs> the next day, yeah. his wife was like, "Hey, you really drank that, didn't you?" Like, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> something just happened. You know, it was pretty real. Um, yeah. You know, just uh, just taking it how how it goes. Uh, it, it, you know, it really, it really affects you. Uh, you know, it, it just makes you rethink every scenario in your life. You know, say when you go meet, when you meet a young woman, you're not gonna be able to introduce her to mama. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was like a, a song I had, I was working on at the time. Uh, it's like one of the lyrics is like uh, basically like, "You want to meet my mama? Are you willing to do anything?" That was kind of like I could never like say this song because it's like. If you want to meet my mama, you got to, like, pass away. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Every, everything's different now, you know? Um, and, you know, things, things will never be the same, but uh, such is life. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you <laughs> you pretty much hit that on the, the nail on the head, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> for the most part, Obviously, everyone's, you know, healing and stuff like that is different. Um, but I feel like there are very a lot of, you know, common and similar life feelings when, you know, losing a mom or a parent for that matter. Um, actually, I was very bitter. <laughs> very, very bitter and uh, very distant. I didn't know how to to be around people or to, you know, even be involved with people. You know, one thing you mentioned was like, you know, like how do you talk to people when the only person you kind of want to talk to is the one person you can't talk to. Right. You know, um, and I think at that time, what kind of helped me personally was having my grandma, um, you know, which was kind of 
uh, a weird situation because, you know, obviously as a, as a mom, you know, you're losing a child, you know, so it's like she went through, you know, a very deep personal grievance, you know, and I just kind of felt like, you know, having my grandma was also like, you know, that second mom in a sense and, you know, literally, um, I'd say 14 months after my mom passed, my grandma passed, um, also due to cancer, um, which she actually kind of kept hidden from us for a long time, um, just because my mom was going through it for so long and battling and so we didn't know my grandma had cancer for, I'd say for years until about the last three years, my mom battled with it. Um, but yeah, man, I feel like, I feel like losing my mom and then losing my grandma just made me very bitter at the world. Um, it made me, I mean, as, as kind of fucked up as it is to say, it made me hate people that had parents. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you see people who have like, you know, bad relationships with their parents or, you know, they don't talk to their moms or, you know, things like that. Like, it, it feels very resentful and it feels like, you know, it's like, why the fuck did, you know, did this person get to have their mom and I don't? And, you know, and again, at the time I'm 23 years old, so you know, I'm an adult, but, you know, still fairly young in mindset. Um, definitely didn't have my shit together, still fucking up, you know. And then, you know, like you said, I just heavily indulged in, all the things I liked and then started indulging in things that, you know, I didn't necessarily like, but in the moment, you know, it helped me not necessarily cope or, you know, heal because I wasn't healing during these, during these times, but it helped me, you know, to alleviate that, that feeling from my mind for sure. Right. And uh, going into what you were saying about like being resentful, in a sense, towards other people that still have their parents. Uh, so, like, speaking on grandmas as well is, um, so my grandma, she had three daughters, uh, Carla, my mom, Maria, and uh, my aunt, Keisha. Uh, Carla is my oldest aunt. Um, so, it's like, they uh, all had different fathers, Um and it's it like there was still love in the family and all of that. Uh, but my grandma passed away in 1993. I was two or three years old. But my aunt Keisha, she was 15, I think. So it was like that's a more even even more devastating time to lose your mom, you know. And, and uh, you know she's in her 40s, and you know it's it's been a lifetime without her and she she keeps the memory of her close you know what i'm saying and uh it's like when you know mother's day and uh uh october because my aunt her birthday is october 1st and i think uh grandma passed away october 3rd if i'm not mistaken so it's like it's all like you know these days that just hold different energy for her so it's like on social media she'll like disappear for a little minute to not see everyone celebrating with their parents and stuff. And it's like, you know, I look at it like, you know, it's not like necessarily resentful, but it's like it hurts to see it. And it's like, you know, it kind of, if you let it clear the envy and then the ugly side and, you know what I'm saying, it's, 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 it's a touchy subject. Yeah. No, man, for sure. Um, 
I'd say, you know, on a personal level, I'd say I let it mentally affect me for quite a few years. Um, well, like a couple, two years. Um, you know, I, I like to say that the one thing I, I feel like I can take away from, you know, the passing of my mom was that at that time, you know, just graduated, you know, culinary school and, you know, just left San Francisco and then headed to, you know, Minnesota and, you know, was doing well for myself necessarily at the time, even though, you know, I was still figuring my way out in life. And so I just kind of felt like, you know, I had achieved things and or, you know, done things around the time of her passing that it made me feel somewhat okay or more comfortable that my mom kind of saw me at, at more of a higher point in my life as opposed to just being on some bullshit. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, even still, you know, like I said, it was just one of those, one of those really rough times where, you know, I ended up moving out eventually and, you know, I went to Kansas City, um, you know, basically just trying to get away from the thought of my mom and, you know, it's one of those things where it's just, you know, I just felt like I was on this downward spiral where, you know, I just found myself doing any and everything to, to just kind of try to not be in that mindset, you know, whether it was, you know, going out and partying or fucking off a job. You know, I can honestly say if it wasn't for, you know, one of my good friends, Christian, who I was living with in Minnesota at the time, you know, I would have been homeless. <clears throat> um, and that's which, no fault of my own. Which Christian? Um, so you don't know this Christian. Uh, well, no, I was like, yeah, I don't, I was going to say he came to California one time, um, but I actually met him when I was working as a hibachi chef uh, when I had first moved to Minnesota. Well, regardless, um, shouts out to Christian. No, big, big shouts out to Christian. I mean, even, even from the time when my mom first passed, you know, before I moved out to Minnesota, back to Minnesota, you know, he had came out and spent some time with me and, you know, just kind of trying to be that positive, you know, vibe in the, in the timeline and feel too positive and stuff like that. And so, you know, yeah, more or less big shouts out to Christian, um, you know, definitely would have been homeless. And again, no fault of mine, um, you know, and then dealing with like, you know, bad relationship stuff and, you know, not really being in the mindset for that. And, you know, again, just constantly trying to fill the void with things that, you know, didn't help because I wasn't properly healing, and uh, you know, just just really saw a side of myself in those two years that, you know, if I was to be that person now, I feel so disappointed. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I as crazy as it is to say, I feel like there are also you know, some positive things that I've taken away, you know, or necessarily the, you know, the the other side of the coin I try to see, you know, from a situation like this. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I say it's sad. And, and it might not even necessarily be this, but, you know, I feel like losing my mom kind of helps me grow as a person too as well. Um, you know, obviously it's one of those things where we all have to deal with it at some point, but, I think definitely in my younger 20s, I wasn't in a mindset. I think I had the the security of, you know, I always had mom to fall back on, you know, and so that's why I think I fucked off a lot, 
And, you know, when uh, when the the support system you have is no longer there and, the, and those people that you, you know, have that unconditional love for you to fall back on, you know, don't necessarily, you know, aren't there for you anymore in that regard, you know, shit can get really real really quick. You yeah, know, yeah. And you start to realize, <laughs> you know, you start to realize, like, damn, like, if I don't do for me, no one else is going to do for me. You know, like, everyone can have the best intentions for you, but no one's going to take care of you like mom does or great-grandma does. And, you know, that's just the, the simple truth of the of the world. Yeah, that's, is, yeah, you just, yeah, perfect. Because uh, growing up, like, you know, like, the conditions I grew up in, we weren't rich, you know. Uh, we didn't live in the, the gated community. But it's like with what with what my mom and aunt had, they gave me everything. So it's like I got spoiled, and then they would blame the spoilage on me. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I kept this spoiled mentality with me for a big chunk of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like where it's like I expected what they were doing for me from the world, and it was like, yeah, that's the wrong approach, buddy. But it's like I didn't know any better, and it took a long time to unlearn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That they were doing that because, you know, I was the only child, you know what I'm saying? That I was like a miracle, a blessing, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, I ain't shit to these motherfuckers out here, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. I ain't shit, like, you know, like, so, um, yeah, definitely when she passed away, it was like, yeah, like, I can't, I can't just say, man, I ain't gonna work this job no more. I can go home. <laughs> it's food there because my mom <laughs> grocery like you know you just can't do that you know what I'm saying it's like I've always known that but it's like I just was in a zone where it's like I, I'm going to do it as long as possible I'm going to slack off for as long as humanely possible in this life and then when it's grind time then it's grind time and it's like now it's grind time now it's 100 degrees outside and it's like I'm like if I drink enough water I might not pass out <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, be yeah, man, you you already know, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, especially because you know when you do get older, you know, regardless if you have your mom or not, like, you obviously want you know nice things for you know for you know you want to be able to try to live a lifestyle in which you know you feel comfortable with. And I tell you, man, that shit is not easy. Uh, you know, I mean, unless you have like the capital for it, but. You know, if you're someone that really got to go out there and grind and, you know, work hard for your shit, man, it's just it's just a whole other level to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where, you know, it's gratifying when you do it and when you maintain and when you, you know, you uphold and, you know, upkeep those, those things, man. But trying to maintain it all is fucking frightening as hell. You know what I'm saying? Trying to make sure that every bill is paid every month and, you know, everything you know, tries to go as, as most according to plan, you know what I'm saying, with the, with the thought of, you know, stink or swim type of, type of mentality because, you know, that's that's really, really what it boils down to. I mean, you know, you have people that are there for you and people that love you and people that care for you, but at the end of the day, no one really wants to take care of no grown-ass man, you know, and the only person that will, <laughs> you know, is your mama. So... But like I said, the the other side to that too, though, is, you know, I've definitely grown the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, about to be 29 this year. You know, again, lost my mom when I was 23. So, you know, this six years of time that's gone by, 
you know, and I feel like I've truly become someone that my mom would really be proud of, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of my, reg- not necessarily regrets, but one of the things that I, you know, I ponder on is, like, how will mom feel about me seeing where I'm at now, you know, and, like, it's just like, I know she'd be happy, I know she'd be proud, you know, I've been doing my thing. <laughs> Crazy enough, <laughs> which, you know, I was talking to my old boss about this, because he actually moved on, um, you know, been at Samsung now for almost four years, and that is the longest I have ever held a fucking job in my life. Um, you know what I'm saying? I haven't even held a job for a year before this job, and for this to be my first job where, you know, I've held it for years, and, you know, I've never seen a job where I've gotten a raise, you know, and I've gotten two here. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, man, like, as much as I wish my mom could see it personally, like, I know, like, at the end of the day, based off who she was and who I am and who she raised, like, I know she's still happy. I know she's still proud. Like, I know she'd be ecstatic. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like, man, I just, you just like, fuck, man, I wish I could share those moments. You know, I wish I could just call my mom and tell her about, you know, this shit or that shit or, you know, just vent or, you know, drop all the the weight of your your heart on someone and and know you can be 100% yourself and like there's no judgment you know what I mean and you just feel safe and comfortable like it's just a it's just a it's it's a heavy thing to lose truthfully truthfully you know and if you're someone who doesn't if you're someone who doesn't necessarily value it while you have it Man, I could tell you, it it probably hit so much harder. You know, I'm thankful that I did have a good relationship with my mom. We talked a lot. You know, we all always on the phone and stuff like that. But, you know, even when she passed, I was like, damn, why wasn't I home? Or, you know, why wasn't I around more? You know, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And, you know, I can only uh, imagine those who, who don't talk to their mom like I did or, you know, stuff like that. And I guess I say that to say that, you know, for anyone who hears this, who, you know, is, is blessed and fortunate enough to still have their moms, like, hit your mom up every day, like, you know, ask stories, like, ask about their life or, you know, whatever. Like, just just keep as closely connected and hold on to as much as you can, you know, because you never know when when someone's time is coming. And not just with mothers, everybody. Yeah, everybody, honestly. You know, I'm even <clears throat> I'm even fortunate and, you know, blessed that me and you still talk. You know, not to say that we wouldn't or not to say that we wouldn't be cool, but, you know, people grow on, people move on. Uh, there's definitely a lot of people who, you know, I have, you know, got close with who I don't talk to to this day. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but... You know, so the people that I do still have in my life and the people that I do, you know, care about and do hold close to myself, like, you know, I, I appreciate every last one of them. Yeah, man, I appreciate you too, man, because when I met you, it's like you chose me, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like it is, in a sense, it's an honor to be, you know, a, it turn, turned out to be a good friend after taking a gamble on me. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Because I could have just been like standoffish, like, no, I ain't trying to get to know you, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I go like, when I first seen you, I was like, oh, he kind of looked like a dick. 
but, but you but you know it's like one of those things where like no no it's, especially you know like I mean, maybe it's black men or just as men in general but like you know we're not going to be sitting here smiling and you know what I'm saying like shit like that when we're in a brand new place especially you know job court being the place it was it was kind of one of those places where I feel like even as a you know a black person you kind of had to keep your guard up in a sense, especially when you first get there, when you don't know the staff and you don't know who's who and, you know, what role everyone's playing because everyone plays a role, you know, in job core, whether it be good or bad or whatever the case may be, you know, so I, I just remember, like I said, walking into the, our little opening meeting that day and then I was like, man, he looked like a, like an asshole, but I was like, that's my nigga though. Like, I, I was like, I, I gotta be cool with bro. I was like, there's no way like that. Like I, I gotta be cool with this dude, like, and it just, yeah, bro, it just, it just clicked, it just worked out. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it was pretty cohesive. No, for sure. You know, and and a lot of people, well, not not a lot, but quite a few bit of people did get to meet my mom. Um, I wish you could have got to meet her, man. That would, that would have been really cool. Like that would have been, that would have been dope. Yeah, that would have been nice, man. But yeah, I think I think I was already uh kicked out by that point. Yeah. Um which I mean we don't have to touch on that too much, but we already know how that goes, but but that was yeah. honestly that was that was a pretty sad time for me too. Especially yeah, you know, you were No, I really didn't think about it. No, no, you're fine. I was just gonna say, I know you were in the city for a little bit, but when you actually left the city, man, that that actually kind of hit hard. Oh yeah, I was only in the city for like the weekend, and then I left like that Monday. Uh, or no, I was so they kicked me out for the weekend from uh, saying I couldn't come to Job Corps, and then I think I was I was there for like an additional week until I flew out like Friday or Saturday or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember talking to Shaq, and Shaq was talking about how the whole energy changed when I left or whatever. And I'm like, it couldn't have just been me, man. I couldn't have been the, the whole thing to it, man. But he was talking about people started leaving bit by bit. Some people graduated, you know what I mean? It just, it just kind of dissolved. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say... Uh... I wouldn't say necessarily that it was just you, but I was I will say that in terms of our input group specifically, you leaving made a definitely a huge impact. I felt like you were one of the few people that kind of bridged the the gaps between everybody in our in our input. Like, you know, you didn't necessarily seclude yourself from anyone as to where like there are certain people I just wasn't going to talk to, like Chris, for instance, in our input, uh, you know, the heavier yeah. thin, uh, white guy, like, you know what I mean? Or, like, I didn't I didn't hang with Preacher. And, I mean, like, we fucked we, we around with Preacher in class, but, like, that was about the full extent of it, you know? But there were just certain people who, you know, I just, I just didn't care for, and I wasn't going to talk to them just because I didn't care for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, I was available if people was hitting me up, but it's like, even then, it's like, I got to feel like it, you know what I'm saying? Like, people was like, we're going to take personal days and go to the zoo. But like, that does sound fun, but that's not what I want to do with a personal day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah, like, everybody 
everybody can't be in the same picture. You know what I'm saying? There's so many of us, so many personalities. Uh, Chris was kind of loud. You know what I'm saying? You always talk about World War Two and shit. <laughs> and then he yeah. put on that, that random southern accent. Like, he he saved from North Carolina, but he didn't talk like it until he talked like it. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was just a character. And then... <laughs> His switch up would be funny because you know he had these little attitudes, and and they were always at the most random times. But like <laughs> that's when he dropped like that little the little accent whenever he get his little attitudes. That's how I know he be feels this type of way. <laughs> Which you know, it, I mean, everybody you know had a had a persona, if you will, or you know something that made them them in job corps. Um, some people did accents. Some people. Turn gay. Uh, some people, you know, I mean, not for real. Like, you know, people come in straight than a motherfucker, and a week later, they're just the gayest person you ever met in your life. Um, uh, I, just, I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely did a whole episode about uh, straight dudes turning gay in San Francisco on uh, the other YouTube show, uh, Activities. It's called oh, uh, yeah. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Has a Gay Old Time. Okay, so I'm going to go check that one out. I was actually listening to um, some of the other ones while I was waiting for the for this one to start up. But uh, speaking of that, I don't, do you remember, I don't know if you remember uh, Kevin, not um, Garcia. San Juan. Um, San Juan. Uh, so I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story about San Juan one time. Uh, but he was like the... He was like the 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 straight guy flipper. Like if he was sus, or if he was like straight but on the low, he was the guy that brought it out of you. Like, and I I, mean, I will go. That's, like, that's that's extremely hilarious for two for two reasons. Okay, so it's the at the time of this recording, it's Pride Month, but this is going to drop on October twentieth. So. This is, we're going to still incorporate prime month energy into it. Okay, so one, Kevin San Juan, I told Devontae this. I was like, you know what? I'm not gay, but I, I can't admit that Kevin San Juan was a sexy boy girl. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, know, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. I, 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 I got you. I got you. And then two, uh, he used to mess with Michael, who Michael was also a straight guy flipper because he tried it with Devontae. I've seen he. I don't know. I don't know how close he was, but I feel like he probably had a case with Devontae. Like he he didn't try to shit with me, but he definitely was trying to crack that cookie with Devontae. Yeah, he uh, he tried he tried a couple times over here as well. Um, but yeah, no, nah, that was a no go. Yeah, no, he he tried that. He actually tried after job court. Uh, weirdly enough. Oh well. Yeah, bro. I I don't know where it comes from, bro. Like, I mean, like I I guess like as a as a as a nigga, like just being a nigga and how I am with females, like I can see like where their nigga mentality comes from. But I'm like, nigga, I'm a nigga. Like, no. Especially when you know I don't go that way. Like, why are you coming at me like that? Like, stop. Like, you're, you're, I don't even want to be your friend anymore. But yeah, fucking San Juan, man. He actually, uh, 
I, I guess this was just going to rip pride real quick. San Juan actually slipped one of the straight niggas in my original job corps, another Hispanic dude, which he was like a, a pretty boy looking type of dude, but he still was like, but he was still like, uh, like he was a pretty boy, but he, but he didn't dress like a pretty boy. Like he dressed like just a regular dude. You know what I'm saying? So like, when you see him, you just think like, oh, that's that's one of, that's one of the guys. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't he didn't come off you know in a, in a feminine like demeanor or you know in in that regard. So like that wasn't the initial thought you got. So you can imagine how we felt, you know, when you know you hear like, oh, bro, bro, uh, got you know topped off by uh, Kevin San Juan, and I'm like, what? Wait, wait a fucking minute, like what? It was a video, bro. It was a video and everything, bro. It was crazy. Oh yeah, wow! No. <laughs> they yeah. put out the video, bro. Kevin San Juan was was on some shit in my original job club, bro. Y'all saw, y'all y'all didn't see San Juan the way I saw San Juan because when he got to San Francisco, he was in a city where he got to go be himself. So he was able to leave the city and then go actually talk to the people he wanted to talk to. So y'all didn't see it like how I did. Plus, my job club was a closed center, so he had to basically just take the options he had. You had to take the option. <laughs> nah, for, for real. And sometimes he, uh, clearly he had to make options sometimes as well. You know what I'm saying? But in San Francisco, he was like, oh, I, the, the pickings are just everywhere out here. Like, my boy was, my boy was doing it all. Shout out to San Juan. I'm pretty sure San Juan is still in Frisco to this day, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Makes sense. He was out there for a minute, doing pretty good. It seemed like too. He was staying with a, he was staying with some some. I want to say Vietnamese girls. That's the way to do it. And and and, and in case y'all ain't know, my boy San Juan still went for the coochie. <laughs> if you didn't know that, if you bro, I'm telling you, if you if you were his type. Then why was still for sure going some coochie. I promise. I know he would. He told me. And I've seen his type. Yeah, that's a, a, another uh, another thing I go into on uh, the activities uh, <laughs> Matthew has a gay old time talking about. It's like, hell of these dudes would tell me that, like, it's like when they bored, they have sex with a woman. Like, there's no man around or, like, that's the craziest shit to me because like a lot of men have a hard time, you know, trying to have sex with women because that's what they want to do. Like you, you have sex with women because like, oh, no, it'll do. Yeah, my thing is like, and I know we kind of got way off off original topic here, which I'm okay with if you are. I mean, if the people are okay, I feel like. You know, like the views of a, a cis cis hetero male, you know what I'm saying, and uh, how how a lot of men speak on homosexuality and you know the the queer spectrum is like it can come off offensive, you know what I'm saying, intolerant, you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. uh, we just want to put out a disclaimer that we do not detest or hate or discriminate. People who live alternate sexual lifestyles in the past, um, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these people we talk about, still cool in my book. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 
I don't got no vendetta beef. You know what I'm saying? I don't got no. Oh yeah, I mean, San Juan was one of the kind of people where, I mean, and, and no offense to anybody when I say this, but San Juan was the type of gay dude where I can call him a. F- he would laugh at me. Yeah, I would have to bleep that word out because I had to do it on another episode. Like y'all be coming with that word, bro. I can't. I can't let that fly. Okay, my bad. I didn't. I didn't know. That's why I had to put the disclaimer, but. But uh, but yeah, he was the type of person where you could call him certain shit, and obviously, like you, you'd have to know him. Like I think he'd be some random person, but like, you know, I would, you know, just make fun of him and be like, "Maybe I have to gay," you know what I'm saying, or some shit like that, and he would laugh at it. So like, you know, and like, if Dave, if Dave should be able to tell a gay joke and you laugh at it, just 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 be chill, all right? Just be cool. <laughs> be cool, like be cool. But no, you know what I think. uh because I kind of want to tie it back a little bit. I think that's just how heavy talking about the mom situation can be to where you could just drift that easily, you know what I'm saying, into a whole other conversation. Um, about gay guys. You know what I'm saying? Just, I feel like <laughs> having that having that gay guy conversation was more comfortable than having to talk and break down the 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 way I feel about the passing of my mom, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like I like how you did that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, because you know, like I said, it's just it is one of those touchy things to talk about, man. And you know, again, it, it, it's one of those things where I can hate you, like every fiber of who you are as a person, whether you're gay, straight, whatever, whatever you got going on, like I can fucking hate you to the core, but I would never in a million years wish the pain I feel from losing my mom on anybody else. And that, and that's some real shit. That's true shit. I, I, would, I wouldn't wish that on my worst or worst fucking enemy. You know what I'm saying? Unless it was like, you know, someone did something to my mom, then I probably would, you know, fuck you, same shot, you know, whatever. But like, but like, even then, I still don't think I could, like, want that feeling for someone else because, like, it is shitty. And I'll I tell you, since then, I don't think there's really anything that phases me, you know what I'm saying, in that regard, you know what I mean? Just because, like I said, it's just one of those things where, like, after that, it's like, it's like, man, like, no, nothing feels worse than that, you know what I'm saying? Like... You know, I, I see as unfortunate as these shootings and stuff are, like, I feel so, so numb to it because, like, I'm just like, fuck, like, as sad as that shit is, that shit doesn't feel as sad as losing my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard for me to sympathize with people now. You know, it's hard for me to feel for other people, you know, sometimes. And as shitty as it is to say, it's kind of made me somewhat of a colder person. I feel like more more standoff for sure, and I feel like I have least less patience with people sometimes for sure. I want to say that in in that regard, I think in some ways I'm becoming like my mom, where it's like in probably like this the the last act of her life, it felt like she cut off. Uh, a lot of people and just maintain like a few communications and just stay to herself. 
Um, I'm adopting pieces of that. It's like I'm still very social, but it's like uh, I definitely limit the time that I give to other people. Like I'll talk you know, on the phone or communicate on Facebook or something, but it's like as far as hanging out and, you know, just doing things, you know, it's just, you know, I live in a completely different state from everybody I've ever known. So, like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that anyway. But it's like, you know, I'm I'm sure that if I was back around people or found people, that it still would just be kind of just saying, like, yeah, I'm not coming outside. Yeah. You might not see me for, like, three weeks. Yeah. No, definitely. I uh, I mean, I've always kind of been – Somewhat of a homebody, just because you know I don't, I don't like dealing with the bullshit of the world. I much rather sit at home, smoke my blunt in the AC, and play my video games type shit. Um, unless you know, of course, someone like yourself or you know someone I really genuinely fuck with hit me up, and then then I'd have a good time. But um, yeah, I'm definitely more more to myself. Um, you know, and, and 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 again, in regards to like the people I cherish and I hold and I hold close to myself, like I like hanging with those people. You know, I like you know nurturing the relationships that I do have. But I'm definitely not the type of person to look for you know no new friends. Basically, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like, it's just one of those things. Yeah, you know, it's, especially now as I get older, you know, I want I want different things and. You know, it's really hard to kind of find people who are, you know, kind of on the same mindset as you, you know, especially when, you know, again, you know, if if if, if I can't relate to you, you know, on, a, on multiple different levels, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, be with people. I don't have the, the, the tolerance and the, and the patience to fake it. You know, if I don't fuck with you, I'll just tell you, like, hey, I just don't fuck with you, you know, <laughs> or, you know, you know, like, you know and, and on some real shit, you know, because I'm not going to. You know, again, I'm not gonna play the role. I'm not gonna sit here and, you know, half-ass text you or, you know, hit you up only when it's convenient for me or, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just to the point where if I fuck with you, I fuck with you, and you're gonna know I fuck with you, you know. And if I don't, well, then don't take it personal because I'm just not, in that, I'm just not in that mindset anymore. Yeah, you know, uh, it feels like Job Corps was the last like front of making friends. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong, like uh I have still made very genuine friendships with people, um, mostly from work. But, you know, those guys, you know, I've worked with from the very start of when I started and, you know, that's that project I I started on with them was like day one. Like we were there from the from the time the store launched. So we were like the first employees of the store. And then we had been there, you know, the entire of the time. So it's like, naturally, you know, I bond and made friends, you know, with those people. Um, but yeah, Job Corps was definitely like that, that time and place where you could be carefree, you know, and not care about who you talk to or who you fucked with because, you know, Life was good. Everything was paid. You had food. You had money. You didn't rely on anybody for anything necessarily. So it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Let's go to the city and kick it. Or, you know, I don't give a fuck. Let's, you know, whatever. Let's drink or let's, 
let's go to Hippie Hill and do some fucking acid today. Like, you know, it was just one of those last great genuine moments where, like, you just kind of felt free. And, like, it, I, I guess the way I would describe it is, like, imagine having, like, complete financial freedom, like, now. Or, like, imagine someone who was, like, rich and they just did whatever the fuck they wanted to and they just enjoy their moment and their time to the fullest. Like, I didn't I didn't look at my clock or my watch or my phone and be like, oh, what time is it when I was in Frisco? Because I was too busy enjoying fucking Frisco, you know what I'm saying? Like, enjoying the moments and the memories and the times I was having, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if anything, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be ready to get my days over with now. Like, if anything, the days couldn't be long enough back then, like... Man, we telling man. It's it, it's funny because the only time that I really asked what time it was, it was this acid trip where I kept having this time loop. I was with keto, and uh, I was like, "Bro, what time is it?" It was like seven twenty-three. I'm like, "Oh, my bad." I keep because I keep asking them. So then it was like a second later, I'd be like, "Bro, what time is it?" Because I just forgot. And I'm like, "It's seven twenty-three." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> it's just like I was doing this for like. <laughs> felt like 15 minutes. Like, what time is it, man? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that nigga was fed the fuck. He was like, nigga, just take my goddamn watch. Like, <laughs> like I would have been hell of a I would have started, started setting timers. I would have been like, I'm going to figure this shit out. Like, I would have set a minute timer. <laughs> I looked at it like, what time is it now? <laughs> here's a good, uh, here's a good, uh, guide uh, uh a sitter he was yeah he was pretty good because uh, he understood what it's like you know what i'm saying so it wasn't like really like he he was really happy to do it you know what i'm saying like he with glee took me where to find mushrooms and he didn't buy any himself you know what i'm saying he just wanted to hang out no that's cool i mean it, it's nice to have uh people that you can fuck with like that, too. Because I, I couldn't trust anybody to just take my trip with. It was because he, his his locks were so long. Like, I felt like I could trust him because, like, like he got basic. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, for real. No, that's cool. You know, speaking of that, though, you know, I uh, I know, like, when my mom first passed, People would tell me, like, uh, oh, like, uh, you know, your mom came to me in my dream or, you know, something like that, that she just wanted me to tell you this or to tell you that. And I feel, um, I felt like I couldn't tap into, into any of that, you know, on that on that level. Or, you know, she didn't necessarily speak to me in that way, you know, but there were there were other things, like, you know, I would wake up at three o'clock every morning, no matter time, no matter when I went to sleep or when I did it. I could have went to bed at two thirty. I would wake right back up at three o'clock every morning on the dot, and that and you know it was crazy because at the time um, after her passing, when I moved back with my grandma, I was actually sleeping in her room, her room, her bed. You know, obviously like I changed like the sheets and stuff like that, but like the the room for the most part was hers. Um, but yeah, man, I would wake up at three o'clock every day on the dot. Um, didn't matter, you know what I'm saying? It was just, uh, it was just a thing. And you know, for, like like I said, for the longest, I couldn't dream during that time. 
um, or anything like that. But, you know, when you said you took some psychedelics and that helped you, like, you know, it made me wonder, like, maybe if I, you know, did something, if I could tap into, you know what I'm saying, something on that level and, you know, maybe get, like, a, another piece of, of them in that sense. Yeah, man. Uh, I think, uh, you know, since you go, you get so spiritual with psychedelics that if you set that intention that you can probably find that medium. Yeah. And then again, I feel like that could also be a, a very dangerous place to go. You know, just depending on how you're feeling in the moment, even going into that moment. Yeah, it's always it's always about set and setting. I personally have never tried anything like it. Uh, yeah, I think I should put a disclaimer that I personally, as Matthew Williams, the host of Lavender Water Podcast and uh, owner of Once News, I do not recommend uh, trying to contact spirits uh, by means of psychedelics. But I feel like people do, so it's like just know that. I don't recommend it. I'm not saying you can't do it though. Like just be your own person, be responsible. Uh, but you know, like it to me, it's like when you think about the rules of the genie. One of the rules is I can't bring people back from the dead. You know what I'm saying? And there's like a very specific reason. Like it's not supposed to go like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. It was like, uh, you know, I love Dragon Ball Z. So it's like seeing Goku die like 500 times and they'd be like, oh, I'll just be alive again, bro. We'll get some fucking Dragon Balls real quick. <laughs> but you know what, though? Like, uh, in the same regard, though, I don't know if I. I don't know if I could be. I don't know if I could do that, though, like, if I could bring myself to want to do it. And the only reason I say that is, uh, you know, my mom, my mom was very um, religious. Um, she was a Christian. You know, and something she would tell me was, like, you know, in the Bible, um, seven years is considered like a, like a, Forgive me if I'm as close as, but she was basically saying like seven years was like a a sign of like a new beginning, like a clean slate. Um, and you know, at the time she was cancer free, and again, my mom battled for seven years, and so you know, I think when she got the the notice that her cancer had came back and it spread, you know, I think she kind of accepted that, you know, that was. God calling her home and for her and and based off you know what she believed, and so saying all that, I think my mom was truly at peace with dying, and uh I think she accepted her situation for what it was, knowing that she was in a good place, you know what I'm saying with God and what she believed, and I felt like she truly felt at peace in that moment, so you know. And saying that, I think I would have to respect that wish and just let her be at peace if I had that ability. But, man, I tell you, it would be so hard. Like, it's one of those things where, like, you wouldn't really know unless, like, you were in the position to actually do it. Right. 
But uh, but yeah, if I could like, I don't know, if I could like call my mom just to just for conversation at that time, and you know, just kind of like let her go back to peace. Like, I I think I would probably do it though. Like honestly, like like I said, like sometimes the only person I want to pick up a phone call, you know, what I'm saying is the person I can't talk to, and sometimes it just you just don't even want to talk at all for that reason. So. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a share this one, uh, and related to what you're saying here. So, uh, okay. So me and my last girlfriend in 2017, we experienced a miscarriage. Um, and it's like, uh, me, I don't really dream like it's just black until I wake up. So uh, my ex-girlfriend, she's very spiritual and taps in and she has dreams and stuff like that. So she would see our child. Like she, you know, had dreams of driving him around. Uh, he was a boy. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't experiencing that. And it was like, uh, there was a night, it was like 2019, uh, I was alone. And uh, I took acid, and my intention was just to see his face, you know what I'm saying, just to see what he looked like, you know what I'm saying. And there was, like, a point in the trip where, like, I closed my eyes, and I felt like I seen this child who looked like a mixture of me and my girlfriend, you know what I'm saying. And it was like, yo, like, yeah, that's that's him, you know what I'm saying. And in that regard, like, I was set at peace, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, and it's, it's like the the way that I accept that moment in time and it it might it like I've always like felt like it's, it's selfish to say or it, it just has this weird kind of like undertone to it but it's like the way that I was living when he was conceived I wouldn't have been able to provide for him and it's like it's it wouldn't have been right for him to come into this world not being provided for it, you know what I'm saying? And uh yeah. it's like, you know, I didn't want to go to the system, I didn't want to starve to death or nothing, you know what I'm saying? And it was, you know, it's it, it was it was a heavy moment, you know what I'm saying, for both of us. Uh the secret for a long time. But um it's it's like there's a greater purpose beyond us, we gotta understand. Uh so many things in this in this reality or beyond our understanding. Um and my uncle uh is 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 it's from the Bible. I don't know what part though, but uh basically saying like you pray to God for his peace that's beyond understanding. Whereas like you give give your problems and your loads to God, you know what I'm saying, and he'll heal you. Yeah, man. Wow. You know, and I, wow. I, I do appreciate you sharing that with me, too. Like, honestly, I did, I had no clue. I mean, again, like, <laughs> that's another one of those things where it's like, it's not necessarily the, the opener or the, the, the conversation or topic when you're, 
you know, wanting to talk with people and you're having, you know, a conversation and stuff like that. But I really appreciate you sharing that because I, I know that that has to have been a heavy moment, you know, for, for the both of you for sure. Yeah, yeah, real heavy. And it was, it, it had to be a secret at first. And yeah, it just, yeah, it was, you know, a lot of people still don't know. So, you know, uh, it, you know, it's just one of those. But uh, yeah. I appreciate you for uh, being being in the ear, you know what I'm saying? I, I really haven't told many people that. Uh, some people, you know, you know, because of who I am, some people might think it's a joke or something, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, I appreciate you. No, absolutely. I mean, anybody who take that as a joke is a clown. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know your sense of humor, you know, so I, I can see why you would say something like that, but, you know, so I, I genuinely know you, and I know that's not something you would say, let alone say lightly, you know what I'm saying, in a, in a sense of humor. I know you can be very serious and, you know, a very earnest person when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, matters, especially such as that. So, like, you know, again, I, I know how how heavy that must weigh, you know, and honestly, I, I, feel, uh, I feel grateful and blessed that you, you know what I'm saying, you feel like you could uh you could relate that to me and, you know, stay assured that I would, you know, handle that situation accordingly and, and or, you know, just be that listening ear you need it because, you know, at the end of the day that's what we're here for, man. Respect, man. Men with feelings. Yeah. New phenomenon. <laughs> Man, <laughs> uh, I, I gotta uh, play that back to my girl later so she can hear that. Yes, sir. But I think this is a this is a good point to to cap off the episode. All right, man. Yeah, I feel like we uh we definitely touched on some good subjects and definitely got some some good things out there and you know opened up our hearts in ways that. You know, I feel like I definitely feel, you know what I'm saying, better and, you know what I'm saying, just it gives you a, a better way to, you know, take an outlook on life and gives you a little bit more clarity and, you know, it's just good to talk about from time to time instead of just, uh, you know, keeping it to yourself. Yeah, I feel lighter. Uh, I did go into the, like, so it's like in the beginning of me, uh, sourcing people to be on the podcast. A lot of people would be saying, like, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. And it's like, why are you nervous? We're just having a conversation. But then it's like, yes, the severity of some of the conversations is like, okay, this is where it's like, oh, okay. And, yeah, I've been thinking about it for hours, like, you know, dang, like, we about to really go there. Like, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I was uh, definitely – I mean, and I don't even know how the conversation would go. Uh, obviously, you know, we talked about the topic, but from the moment we discussed the topic, I was definitely in that mindset and definitely in those, in those thoughts. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying? I even appreciate having the the platform, you know what I'm saying, just to be able to come on and, you know, do something so genuine with a person that's so genuine. So, you know, again, I appreciate you having me for another one. And I appreciate the people for listening. Um, so, yeah.
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Lavender Water Podcast. I have been your host, Matthew Williams. This has been my guest, William Conklin. It's Matthew Gang. William Gang. <laughs> and we out. Oh. Peace, people. Peace.